If you have your Bibles, I want you to open to the Gospel of Matthew. I want you to open to the Gospel of Matthew. Now, if you have the Hawaiian Pigeon version, you can follow right along with us. In fact, why don't you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to begin at verse 3. We're going to start at verse 3. I'll give you a second to get there. When the world going to come, pow. All right? You don't want to hear me try and read it. That's why I've asked Minister Cowie. So, Minister Cowie, would you read the word? Here we go. Then Bombay, Jesus went go Olive Bridge and sit down over there. When no more other guys there, his guys go by him. They ask him, what time all that kind of stuff going to happen? And what kind of things going to happen for show us when you going to come back over here? And when the world going to pow? Jesus tell them, watch out. Don't let nobody fool you guys. Plenty of guys going to show up and try to act just like they me. They're going to say, hey, me, I'm that special Christ guy from God. And they're going to fool plenty of people like that. You guys going to hear the war that stay by us guys. And you guys going to hear about the wars that stay all over the other places. No freak out. All that kind of stuff got to happen. But that not going to mean everything going to power yet. Going to get fighting. One country going to start one fight with another country. One king gonna fight one other king. Plenty of people gonna get nothing for eat. Plenty different places. The ground gonna shake hard. Plenty people gonna suffer. Plenty, but all that only for start. That time they gonna set you guys up and make you guys suffer, and they gonna kill you guys. All the different kind of people all over the world gonna hate you because you stay my guys. They gonna get plenty guys that gonna stop trusting me because they don't can handle what's they happening, and they gonna hate each other and set up their own brothers. Gonna get plenty of guys that gonna show up and say they here for talk for God, but they only bull lie, and they gonna fool plenty of people. Gonna get more and more people that gonna every time broke God's rules more and more. That's why plenty of people no gonna get aloha for each other anymore. But whoever can handle and hang in there to all this power, they're the ones that gonna come out okay. All over the world gonna get people that gonna tell all the good kind of stuff, but how people can get God for their king. All the different kind of people is going to hear what's for real, and then everything going to power. Oh, well, let's pray. Did you catch all that? Anybody who grew up here, man, you, you got it all, but we might have to translate some of that for, for our guests and visitors this morning. But let's pray over the word as we, uh, as we release it right now. Mighty God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us, mighty God. Even as we read the word in Hawaiian, Lord, we know you speak in a way that is, is understandable by everybody. And so we just ask you to speak to our hearts. We ask you to change our lives. We ask you to encourage and inspire each and every one of us here today. We pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. And everybody say, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, we, uh, this, is, this is a good word. Uh, the title of my message is All Pow. Everybody say All Pow. I, uh, I wanted to encourage us in something. Now, my wife, she, she kind of cautioned me as I, as I began to uh, form this message and I began to tell her kind of what I was talking about. I want to talk about these signs of the times that Jesus expressed. Now, I, I know she's like, you know, don't get too heavy, don't get negative. I, I want to encourage us in certain things. In the day and age that we're living in, I believe that we are, we're looking at the last days. I believe we're living in the last days. I think if we turn a blind eye to this fact, uh, we're foolish uh, because I, I even recognize that uh, Hollywood, I mean, how many, how many television shows and movies are we seeing come out that are all dealing with the end of the world? They may say it'll be uh, some disaster or it's zombies or it's going to be aliens or it's going to be, uh, you know, whatever it might be, evil, superpowered humans. But, but we know Jesus gave us instruction. He gave us warning about what some of these times and he gave us how we're supposed to respond. And I'll just tell you, some of the things that we see happening today are exactly what Jesus said they would be. In fact, the Bible says that in the last days, 2 Timothy 3.1, perilous 
times, difficult times would come. But I like what we read just a moment ago. We're going to endure. We're going to stand strong as believers. Now, I want to give you a couple, I want to give you a couple lies that that are common as you be anytime we begin to talk about end times and it's like well we're going to go into deep eschatology I'm not going to be able to understand this and and people automatically decide they're going to check out let me I, I want to dispel some lies before I begin to to share what the signs of the times are uh the first lie that people believe about end times, about the last days, is first of all, we can't understand end time scripture or the signs of the times. That is a lie. God inspired the Bible to be understood by all people. Everybody, young, old, men, women, Hawaiian, Howley, tourist, local, everybody can understand the word of God that has been written to us. Amen? And so you can understand even end times verses. Now, I'm not going to get into the weird prophetic language. I have done teaching on that. We're not going there today, maybe sometime. Uh, Lie number two, many people believe that, boy, if we become really focused and concerned about end times in the last days, we're uh, we're we're going to lose our passion for evangelism. People... People were of this mindset. In fact, there were in the first century, there were, there were a lot of individuals who decided we're not going to get married because Jesus is coming back anyway. I'm not going to start a business because Jesus is coming back. Let's all just get together, live together. Let's all just study the Bible, and we'll pray until Jesus returns. And I, uh, we, we don't adhere to that. I believe in the seven mountain mandate. I'm going to challenge you to get into business and get into government and get into schools and get into media and, yes, let's build the church. But what happens to me is when I understand Jesus is coming back very soon, you know what it does in my heart? It gives me a great concern for individuals who are out in the world today who may not be rapture ready, I would say. We need to make sure, and so I believe that if we have an understanding of this, it will actually enhance our end time focus. Uh, Lie number three, since we can't know the day or hour of Jesus' return, uh, well, then we shouldn't worry about the times or the seasons that Jesus is going to return. We will not know, and I'm not going to stand up here and say, well, Jesus is getting ready to come back. It's going to happen in 30 days, or it's going to happen on this date. We're not doing that. But what Jesus commanded us to know is to be watchful and to be discerning, to be sober, and to be mindful of the times and the seasons that we are living in. Um, uh, Another lie. And, and this one's maybe the one that irritates me the most. Some people say, well, pastor, are you a pre-tribulation rapture? Are you a post-tribulation rapture? And I've heard people make the joke, well, I'm a, pra- a pan-trib theologian, meaning that everything will pan out in the end. And, uh, and while that may be humorous, I believe that there's damage that comes with that. Because people say, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and so I'm just not going to worry about any of that. I've never read the book of Revelation. I've never explored Daniel. I've never really paid attention to what Jesus said about the signs of the times. Do you understand? Jesus actually rebuked the Pharisees and the Jews very harshly because they did not know the times or the seasons that they were in. He was very harsh with them. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.1 talks about how the coming of Jesus will come as a thief in the night. But what he said is it will come as a thief in the night. Read the passage for those who are in darkness. But then the apostle Paul turns around and says, but you are not in the darkness. You are in the light. And he commands us to know the times and the seasons and even to encourage one another. And some of you may think, well, pastor, so you're going to talk about how we're going to see increase in earthquakes or we're going to see increase in famine and disease? Absolutely I am. But I want to encourage you because there were some positive signs and there's also some things that we need to understand if we're going to endure things that are coming upon us. Are you trekking with me so far, church? Okay. Jesus gave us, and I'm, I'm not going to expand on these. I've actually, there was a time in my 
in my life where every Saturday night we did end times teaching. And I did that for almost three years solid every Saturday night. So I have spoken extensively on this topic. I'm going to gloss over a whole lot. And, uh, and you can dig deeper. I'm going to give you some facts and some statistics and where we are today. But uh, Jesus lined out in Matthew 24, which we just read, as well as Luke 21, 12 signs of the times, 12 signs of the times. You're a good note taker. I'm going to give you a lot this morning. But uh, here's the first one. He said that deception will come from false prophets. Deception would come from false prophets. He said that in chapter 24 in verse 4 of Matthew. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will deceive many. You know what the the difficult part of deception is? It's deceiving. Meaning that People will believe something with all of their heart, not knowing that they're actually believing a lie. And I'm telling you, we need to be so mindful of what we are receiving in the realm of what people would call Christianity or God-honoring whatever. And let me just give you, there's, there's one thing that you need. If you want to avoid deception, if you want to be sure that you are not deceived, you're staying on the right track, here's, there's one thing you need to begin to do. You need to begin to study the Bible. Stand on this word. I encourage you. I, I, in fact, the Apostle Paul, there was an occasion where he went into a region called Berea. He preached the, to them the gospel. He began to teach them. They were, uh, they were Jewish uh, believers. They had a form of godliness, yet they had not yet received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so the apostle Paul comes along, and he begins to instruct them. And they did not receive his word the first time they heard it. In fact, he tells them, he says that they actually left And they went and they began to search the scriptures themselves. And Paul, when he came back, when they gathered for their their next meeting, then they began to receive what the apostle Paul said. And Paul called them faithful Bereans because they were students of the word. And I would encourage you, every time I preach, every time you hear a guest speaker, you hear somebody on television, don't always just take their word for it. Oh, I know that that must be true. It's not a rebellious thing to go and be a student of the word. Well, let me, let me see this and let me cement this. And God, if this is your truth, if this is really what you're speaking through your word, cement it in my heart. But God, if there's something faulty or weird or unbiblical in something that was presented, something that I've heard, then Lord, would you just remove this from my heart and my life and you just delete that guy off your podcast list, right? You guys trekking with me. So Jesus said there would be deception. The second thing he said was there would be ethnic conflict. You'll see this in verse 7. Now, this is very interesting. He actually said there would be war, nation against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Now, those things sound very similar until you look at the Greek language. And that word, when it says kingdom against kingdom, it's actually the Greek word ethnos. It's not dealing just with this nation and that nation. It's literally dealing with ethnic groups that have tensions towards one another. That's why I love looking around and seeing white, brown, and we don't have any black here today. Praise God, we need more. But I I love the diversity. I love the fact that, oh, awesome, he's working in the media, Isaiah, praise God. And so we've got representation, we've got a rainbow of people. I love the fact that here in the house of God, it's like, man, you can watch the world be divided over black rights, Indian rights, Chinese this, you know, whatever. I know people are freaked out. They're looking at Chinese all cross-eyed right now because of this corona thing. And it's like we're, we're looking, and, and, and there's so many conclusions that we come to on the basis of our skin color. You guys hearing me? But I love the fact that in the house of God, we're one people. We're all bought by blood. We're all, we, we all have the same home. And, uh, and, and, and this is one of the few places on, in the world, I'm telling you, where 
We as different peoples and nations. In fact, I love this picture in Revelation chapter 7. The apostle John is there and he's seeing the throne of God and individuals worshiping. And he sees this endless sea of people. And this is what he said it looks like. It's all tribes and all tongues and all peoples and all nations. And he's like, who are these? And he says, these are those who have come out of great tribulation. These are the individuals that the Lord redeems in the last days. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a multicultural, very ethnically diverse heaven. And if you're not comfortable with that, you're, you're going to have a difficult time in heaven if you make it in. Praise God. All right. All right. Number, number three. He said that there would be uh, there would be economic warfare. There would literally be a, a, a kingdom or or nation that would war against nation. And if you again dig into that, I don't have time to do this this morning. There's so much in the economy. How is it that right now one nation has strife and our stock market can just tank? I mean, I've got investments in this thing, and I'm watching it, but uh, there, he's, Jesus said there would be economic warfare in verse 7, Matthew 24. He said, now this is very interesting, he said that there would be famine. Famine. Did you know, this is, I told you this is going to get a little heavy, but I want you to trek with me because there is, there is hope in this, okay? But right now, did you know that nearly a billion people suffer worldwide from malnutrition? Nine million people die a year from hunger-related issues. That's over 24,000 a month. Did you know that water shortages have reduced the global food supply by 10% and, they, and that, is, that it is growing uh, at an unprecedented rate? In fact, at the rate that we're going, the trend that we see with water shortage and food shortage, they are anticipating that we will have the greatest famine in human history by 2025. That's the rate that we're going at. So we see, just as Jesus said, in the last days, there would be increased famine, okay? Number five, he said, there would be pestilence. Now, what in the world is pestilence? It's rising sickness, it's disease, it's virus, it's illness. Uh, some translations you may read will say plague. Now, this is what's very interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring some truth that might freak you out but I think is going to encourage you. I want you to pay attention. Are you guys trekking with me so far? I know I'm giving you a lot of information, and hopefully you take notes. This is fuel for prayer. Uh, Baylor and the World Health Organization put out a study at the end of 2019, and they said infectious disease are emerging at a rate that has never been seen in history. Since the 70s, about 40 new infectious diseases have been discovered. And it goes on to talk about a very unusual uh, occurrence, how we are seeing now the re-emergence of diseases that they thought were completely eradicated. Even crazy changes amongst the common flu. This is why, now I'm not, uh, you know, a, a total anti-vaxxer or anything like that. There's certain vaccines, and I just encourage you, study it, research it. There are things that I do not allow my children to be vaccinated with. One thing I don't get, and it's not because of a conviction or because I think something you know weird's going on, but I do not get the flu shot. You want to know why? This is proven. You get the flu shot, but by the time that flu shot, that vaccine hits the market, they've already said that that, that, that strain of the flu that they are defending against has already mutated possibly up to 10 different times, and it will it'll overpower the vaccine that you receive. Totally pointless, okay? And so, I mean, if you get a flu shot, you know, that's, that's up to you. I don't do it. In fact, I can only remember twice in my life that I've gotten the flu shot, and those are the only two times in the last decade that I've gotten the flu. So I'm just saying, I mean, this is, this is just my experience. Now, you be a faithful Berean, you go study it out yourself, and you make your own choice. Now, the elephant in the room. Of course, we now see coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. Just yesterday, we passed the 100,000 global cases mark. And there are now just over 3,000 people who are dead from coronavirus. 100,000 around the globe. But let me just let me just 
maybe you've seen some of this already, but in the U.S., just in the U.S., the Center for Disease Control estimates that this flu season, that's from, uh, that's from October up through February, these numbers. In the U.S., there have been 30,000 people who have died from the flu. Not from coronavirus, from the flu. Do you remember how many people have died from coronavirus so far? 3,000. 100,000 cases, 3,000 deaths. The flu has had 30,000 deaths and approximately 300,000 people being hospitalized for the common flu. You guys hearing these numbers? You guys remember when SARS was going to kill everybody? Does anybody remember SARS? That was a little while ago. I remember I was, I was young when all that was going on. SARS had a 10% fatality rate. The swine flu, anybody remember swine flu? Swine flu had a 20% fatality rate. The bird flu, remember that? The bird flu had a 60% mortality. If you get the bird flu, 60% chance you're going to die. Right now, the coronavirus, between 2 and 3% mortality rate. So right now what we're seeing is we're seeing the news media, we're seeing social media, we're seeing every outlet. I'm just telling you guys, I believe a lot of this is just stirring up unnecessary fear and concern in individuals. Now, now listen, I, I do believe that there are some things that we can do uh, but God, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, we prayed it earlier this morning, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Now, let me just, let me educate you in something. There is a concept that Jesus taught us called binding and loosing. Everyone say binding and loosing. I'm big on spiritual warfare. And there is a very simple process. If you feel like fear is coming upon you, even in this season, I don't want to go out in public. I don't have a face mask. What am I going to do? I need to get on an airplane. I shouldn't go to school, Mom. You know, whatever it might be. If you feel fear is coming upon you, here's what you do. There is a spirit called fear. And you take authority over that thing. This is all you say. In the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of fear. Bind literally means you tie it up. You, you tie up its authority. It cannot touch you. It cannot affect you. And what you do is you loose the opposing power. You loose. You release into that. And so Jesus, in fact, we were instructed in Scripture exactly what that is. So we bind up the spirit of fear, and we loose power, love, in a soundness of mind. So this is how I pray in that situation. In fact, I'm going to pray this over all of us, even right now, those who are in this room and those who are joining online. In the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of fear that would try and come upon your sons and daughters. I say you do not have right, place, or authority over the sons and daughters of God in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask you to loose right now, to pour out, Lord, your power. I ask you to release, Lord, the love. You love us so much, you're not going to let us live in fear. And Lord, let us think as you think. Release that soundness of mind, we pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. When you feel fear, that's how you pray. Hallelujah. You just have a little uh, prayer meeting on your own. Now, that being said, we need to be mindful. Do you know this kind of thing is going to be inevitable in the world today? Jesus said this is going to happen in the last days. But one of the keys, you want to know a key for walking in divine healing? How many of you would love to operate in divine health? I've done a teaching on this before. But let me give you one key, one key to walking in divine health. In fact, Bob Rogers came and he preached on this not too long ago in Leviticus 15, verse 1. In fact, it's verses 1 through 16. It's a pretty lengthy passage, as well as places in Psalms, Proverbs, and even out of Jesus' own mouth. He taught us one concept that would help us in the realm of maintaining health. This is it. Are you, this is deep revelation. Wash your hands. <laughs> it's true. 
It was taught repeatedly. You understand, I mean, this is in a day when Leviticus is being written. This is not a cultural thing. This is not a, I mean, this is like counterculture. Why in the world is everybody washing their hands all the time? God in his wisdom, even thousands of years ago, understood how much is contaminated through our hands. In fact, let me just dispel one other thing. I just, I, I, I'm trying to be like spiritual and educational at the same time, if you can't tell here this morning. But I, I, did you know that coronavirus, they're now saying, is not even an airborne thing? You didn't need to, your face mask or, you know, well, they ran out of face masks. I wrapped a diaper around my face, okay? You didn't need to do that, okay? You didn't need to do that. Wash your hands and don't touch your face. Praise God. All right, write that down. That's, that was point, what was that, point number five. All right. Number six. Uh, he said, I'll just run through these real quick. He said that there would be an increase in earthquakes. He said there would be an earthquake in various places. I did the research on that. Did you know that in the last 10 years, we had more major earthquakes? That's between a, a 6.0 and above. We've had more earthquakes uh, than we did between 1890 um, I'm sorry, uh, between 1800 and 1900, there was only one major earthquake in the world. And uh, by contrast, we have had 18 major earthquakes just in 2020 already. The earth is literally crying out. And the Bible says that it will continue to do so in increasing measure until the return of Jesus Christ. So don't get freaked out. When we have earthquakes, the Bible said in uh, uh, verse 9 of, of Matthew 24, number 7, there would be a hatred of believers. Have you seen this? Hostility towards Christians. Christians are ignorant. Christians are stupid. Christians are bigots. Christians are whatever. And uh, we see this rising. Jesus said that that would happen. Don't be surprised. He said that, uh, number eight, there would be relational breakdowns in verse 10. He said, watch what Jesus said. He said, many will be offended. Jesus prophesied. Have you noticed in like the last 10 years, we have become the most easily offended people I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling. You can't say anything without offending somebody. In fact, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm watching these guys. Uh, I saw an interview with Jerry Seinfeld, and he was talking. I love Seinfeld, okay? And he was talking about, you know, what would you guys be doing episodes in Seinfeld about today if you were to do? And he said, we couldn't do Seinfeld today. People get too easily offended. I mean, this is, not, this is not a Christian, by the way. He's Jewish, but he's not a Christian, and he even he recognizes everybody gets too offended. Listen, be ye not easily offended. I mean, let's just, let's, let's as the people of God be different in this regard, okay? I'm, I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. How you, can't say, you can't say anything without somebody getting offended. Somebody get offended right now that I'm saying don't be offended, it's ridiculous. Uh, number nine, number nine, Jesus prophesied there'd be an increase in sin. We see that in verse 12. Of course, we see that. Uh, he said, uh, number 10, this is in Luke 21, verse 11. He said that there would be fearful sights and wonders in the sky. Now, there's a very interesting teaching. I don't have time to go. There's going to be terrors that happen in, uh, in the sky, in our solar system. In the, but there's also going to be incredible wonders that happen as well. And so uh, very interesting. And, you know, maybe it's science uh, being able to observe these things. But, boy, we've seen more funky stuff with our sun and with our moon and with new planets and comets and all this kind of stuff, new black holes that they're discovering. I, mean, I love the solar system. I've got a big telescope. I like to take that thing out. In fact, our one of our neighbor kids is, you know, he's like, how old is Levi? Like four. Pastor Jake, Mr. Jacob. He, I mean, he doesn't know if he called me pastor. Mr. Jacob, can I borrow your telescope? I oh, sure. But, you know, and he, he wants me to show. But, he, I mean, one of the cool, I don't know why I'm talking about this. All right. My wife will rebuke me for not staying on top. I just, let me just tell you what I was going to say because some of you will wonder. One of the coolest things you could do, go get you a telescope and find Saturn. Now, you actually can't see it this time of year. You have to wait a couple months. But when you look through that telescope and you see those rings, I mean, I just, oh, it's crazy, man. 
it's crazy. I mean, even you can pull up a picture on the internet, but I'm telling you, when you see it through your own telescope, there it is right there. That's a wonder right there. Anyway, uh, that doesn't, that's not one of the signs, but uh, anyway, it's just interesting. I like, I like, so he said, uh, number 12, that there would be disturbances in the sea. In Luke 21, uh, verse 11, as well as verse 25. In fact, one of the things, listen, if we are not raptured at the beginning of the tribulation, we're all leaving Maui, I'm just telling you. Because one of the things that happens is the Bible actually says that all islands are going down. Did you know that? So if we, if, if, if we don't get raptured at the beginning, we're all moving. I'm just telling you. It'll be the first. We're going to invest in a large boat. And we'll, yeah, we'll go visit the Speaks in Texas, okay? And so, praise God. There were, there were many signs. Are you guys trekking with me? I feel like we are. This is fun, okay? So these are negative signs. These are all negative. So there are 12 negative things that Jesus would happen. Uh, but he also talked about some good things that would happen. Now, uh, before I talk about, because it'll, it'll get real exciting, in light of these negative things that are going to come upon the world today, how do we respond? It's like, okay, pastor. People are going to hate me. They're going to be offended. We're going to see disease and earthquake, and maybe our island's going to get sucked into the ocean. All right, what do I do with all of this that you've just presented me? What a great, encouraging sermon you've given me this morning. If Jesus said these things are going to happen before the world come, pow, is there even anything that we can do? He said that this is going to happen, so can we pray that God would shift it? Listen. I want to encourage you in some things. 1 Thessalonians 5.9, very common passage, says that God, and this is in the context of end times as well, I would remind you. He said that God has not appointed us to wrath. The Passion Translation says God has not destined us to experience wrath, but to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So I want you to listen to me. Jesus said judgment would come into the world. Things are going to happen in the world. But Jesus also said in John 15, 19, you are not of the world. Things are going to happen in the world, but you are under a different category. The world can freak out over these things, but you are not of this world. You are a citizen of heaven. And as a citizen of heaven, listen to me. I live out of a different economy. I can watch the stock market tank, but guess what? I'm blessed. I'm not losing anything. As a citizen of heaven, I have incredible health care. Sickness and disease can come into the world, but I am healed by the blood of Jesus. As a citizen of heaven, I have hope and joy and peace and faith and godly expectancy. The world can be anxious and depressed and hopeless, fearful and confused, but I'm a citizen of heaven. And guess what? As a citizen of heaven, I am a joint heir with Jesus. I have rights to every blessing from the hand of God while the world, they'll live in fearful expectancy of what's about to come. You hear me? We are citizens of heaven. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I am a citizen of heaven. In the world, there will be tribulation. I'm a citizen of heaven. God, may I remind you, 2 Peter 1.3, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So God is concerned and he cares about the things that you care about in this life. He cares about your health. He cares about your bank account. He cares about your relationships being strong. He cares about you not living in offense or unforgiveness. He cares about those things. I want to teach you. Now, I'm going to get a little theological here for a second, but you can understand this. I want to teach you. You write this down. The Goshen Principle. Do you know what the Goshen Principle is? Wow. The Goshen, G-O-S-H-E-N. Let me tell you what Goshen. Goshen was actually a city. It was a province just on the outskirts of Egypt. And what Goshen, this is, very, this is where, where the children of Israel were primarily living during the time when they were slaves in Egypt. 
the 10 plagues are going on. Now, I want you to pay attention to what happened here. You can read about this in Exodus chapter 10, uh, verse 23 is specifically where I'm, I'm pulling from. But there were plagues in Egypt. Everything around them is dying. But where the people of God were in Goshen, they were safe. The firstborn from every family in Egypt died. But those who had the blood applied to the doorpost were under the covering of God. Cattle, that's a source of income. All throughout the land, it dies. But in Goshen, the cattle their income was protected. And this is the most fascinating one to me. There's a, there's a point. It's the ninth plague that came on Egypt. And the Bible says that there was darkness upon the entire land of Egypt. So much so that you could not see the person who was sitting next to you. Darkness in all the land. But in Exodus 10, it says, but there was light in Goshen. I've thought about this, man. What would it be like to go stand right on the border of Goshen and you take one step this way and it's pitch black and you take one step this way and it's light? That's what was going on. And I just remind you that as a citizen of heaven under the covering of the blood and the protection of Jesus, we're living under a different set of rules, if you will. We're under the Goshen principle, that the world can literally be destroyed around us, yet we as believers are covered. This is the Goshen principle. Everybody say Goshen. It's the Goshen principle. Let me give you another encouragement in this. Uh, uh, in, in, I've read this actually earlier in the service. Philippians 4, 6, don't be pulled different directions and be worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offer your faith-filled requests to God, overflowing with gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that surpasses that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you. In other words, don't worry, be, no. I pulled you into that, I know. <laughs> be prayerful. Be prayerful. <laughs> don't worry, be prayerful. Okay. You take every thought captive. You get some anxious or worrying thing that crops up on the inside. You say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm bringing it into subjection to Jesus. Not today, fear. I have power to tread on scorpions and serpents. And what is a virus compared to the blood of Jesus anyway? Remember John G. Lake. Have you guys ever heard this testimony? He went and uh, this was when the bubonic plague was breaking out. You talk about something deadly. And John G. Lake, such an anointing for healing flowed in and through that man of God that he actually said, under a microscope, put the bubonic plague on my hand. And under the microscope, they watched as the, bub the bubonic plague died as it made contact with his hand. Oh, I'll just tell you what. This is where, if we're saturated in prayer, just like we read out of Philippians there, if we're saturated in prayer, you know what? Let No, we won't say that, but I'm just telling you, sickness, a disease, a virus, I just tell you, as an anointed man of God, as an anointed woman of God, that thing comes in contact. It must yield to Jesus Christ. Wow. Are you getting encouraged? Okay. All things, may I remind you, are under the authority of Jesus Christ. All things are under his subjection. 1 Corinthians 15, 7. Uh, all things have been brought under the subjection or under authority to Jesus Christ. So that means no disease, no premature death, no demonic assignment over your life will prosper. It must kneel to the Savior, Jesus Christ. There's only one requirement if you want to be protected and under the covering, you must make sure your life is yielded to Jesus. If we're going to go live like the world and be in the world, you will be subject to that which comes upon the world. But if you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, 
We're staying on that straight and narrow. We're going after Jesus. We're being saturated in prayer. I just tell you, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Jesus said in Matthew 24, to endure and you will be saved. So this is, this is what we do. This is why I, I, I'm not going to lock myself up even if, even if things got real rough here. And one day they will. I'm just, uh, if it's not Corona, one day it's going to be the Antichrist. There's going to be things that happen in this life. But we're never going to shrink into a mentality that says, hold the fort. Let's just be on the defense. Let's all, let's all just build cabins up in the mountains and retreat. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We still have an assignment. Jesus said to endure until the end and you will be saved. Jesus said to be ready for his return in verse 44. Be ready for his return. We're going to make sure that every heart is ready before we close out our service today, that we are, I like to say, rapture ready. If Jesus were to come in this moment, we're ready. We're ready. Did I tell you about the time here recently? We were sitting in the living room. All of us, my, my whole family, me, my wife, Mariah, Gabriel. Gabriel was sitting up at the bar, and the power goes out. And it was dark already. It was, I mean, it was pitch black, okay? And, and uh, Gabriel's like, whoa, what happened? And for whatever reason, nobody responded in that moment. <laughs> and he's like, guys, mommy, daddy, Mariah, he starts asking for and, uh, and then, you know, it, I don't even know how. It was probably 10 or 15 seconds. It was a very short amount of time. And the, the light turns back on. And he looks around. And, I mean, his eyes were so big. He's like, I thought Jesus came back and I missed it. Anybody ever had that experience? I had moments. In fact, we used to do a thing if my brother Matt's watching. We still need to pray for his inner healing because I don't know what it was. My parents would get so irritated for whatever reason. Every night we'd sit down for dinner. He just, right then in that moment, I need to go to the bathroom and get up and leave the dinner table. And I'm sorry if that's TMI for you, but that's what happened. And so my mom got so irritated that one day she's like, let's go hide. And so all of our whole family, and she left a little note, Jesus came. I couldn't find you, Matt, you know, and uh, left the note on the table. We all go and we hide in the other room. And we just, we hear Matt come out of the bathroom, go across, and he, we could tell he's there by the kitchen table. And, uh, oh, man, you know, just pray for my brother, okay? He still suffers uh, from, so you try that. Try that with your family sometime. Rapture jokes. All right. Uh, Jesus said, Jesus said, be watchful in, in Matthew 25 in verse 15. So we're gonna be we're gonna watch for these things. We're gonna be we're gonna be cognizant of the things that are going around. And Jesus also said to continue to love and serve one another. You can see that in Matthew 25, verse 35. It's all the same passage as he's given instruction about what are we to do. Listen, we're not gonna live in fear. We're going to continue to serve and to do things for God. Now, let me just, I want to close because we're going to close in a point of prayer today. But the Bible also lines out a number of positive trends that are going to happen in the last day. Now, listen, if we're going to get concerned because war and the economy is going to crash and disease is going to come and people are going to be offended and there's going to be economic and ethnic strife. And we went through the whole list, 12 different. If we're going to take those 12 negatives and say, surely this has come upon us, let me also remind you of a couple things Jesus prophesied would also happen in the last day. In Matthew 24, 14, he said that in the last days, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. That's that word ethnos again, actually, and then the end will come. The gospel will be preached around the world. That's why I get excited when we give a missions offering. Because I know I am sowing into a prophetic word from the lips of Jesus Christ himself, saying, we're going to empower churches to go all around. How is it? I mean, I'll just tell you guys, we have some difficulty starting churches in different places in the U.S. here. However, we can send one barely born again disciple to the Philippines and all of a sudden 10 churches pop up. Vietnam's the same way. We're seeing these things just absolutely. Why? Because the gospel is going unto the ends of the earth. 
absolutely incredible. Another thing Jesus said would happen in this last day in Matthew 23, 39. You will see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Romans 11, that's a, that is a, that he's speaking to a Jewish people. And this is actually a prophetic word. Romans eleven twenty six. all Israel will be saved. This is something that will happen in this last day, that we will see the salvation of Israel. And here's the last one. We close with this. There will also be Acts 2, 17. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters, young and old, men and women, they will prophesy. We know this verse. He said, in the last days. One of the things, I tell you, if people freak out over coronavirus with an equal passion and intensity, I'm going to get excited about the last day outpouring of the Spirit. Does that make sense? If we see one thing being fulfilled that Jesus said, why should we not contend for the other things? The gospel will go forth. Israel will be saved. Revival will be poured out. All believers will receive the Spirit of God. That's the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet, church? Does this encourage you? Praise God. Wow. I encouraged myself. This is what I want to do. I want to pray right now. Can we pray just for these couple points? In fact, this is what I want to do. We're, gonna, we're just going to do a, I would like, Minister Cowie, would you come and stand right here? I want my wife, Leah, would you come and stand right here? And, uh, and this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you, Minister Cowie, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for the gospel to go forth in the name. Now, just take about 30 seconds, and we're all going to agree. We're going we're gonna to contend for the things that Jesus said would come in this last day. So, Minister Cowie, you can pray 30-second fire from heaven. The gospel is going forth into the nations. Leah, I want you to pray for the salvation of Israel. For God's people, that in this time, in this season, we're going to see them come to saving faith. And then I'm going to lead us in a prayer for this last day outpouring of the Spirit. And we're all going to participate. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, let's lift up our voice right now. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just pray that the fire of God will come upon your people, Father God. The same gospel that we were saved with, Father God. It's the same gospel that we take to the world, Father God. So, Lord, I pray a passion, a compassion for the lost to come upon your people, Father God. And that the boldness will come to your Holy Spirit, Father God and through your people Lord we will see many coming to God through the testimony and through the preaching of your gospel in Jesus mighty name Come on, let's pray for Israel right now. Lift up your voices. Father, we cry out to you for Israel. We just declare that the people will be saved in the name of Jesus, that the gospel will go forth. Lord, we plead your blood over that land, and we just ask, Holy Spirit, have your way. But Jesus, we know your return is coming soon, so we will be ready, Lord God. We bless Israel in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let's pray for this last day outpouring of the Spirit right now. Come on. Jesus, we do. We stand on that prophetic word that you released, that in the last days you would pour out your Spirit on all flesh, on sons and daughters, on men and women, on young and old, on tribes and tongues and peoples and nations. And so, Lord, we contend even now. Pour out your Spirit in great and mighty measure. Do it even right here in this place, mighty God. Pour out on us. Pour out across the world, Lord Jesus. I pray pray that even, Lord, movements and churches that have gone stale years ago would receive a fresh outpouring of your Spirit as you surprise them with your Holy Spirit moving in great and mighty measure. Touch your people. Pour out your Spirit in an unprecedented way. Oh, we cry out for it. We cry out for a move of your Spirit, Lord Jesus. Do what you said you can do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to pray. I want to pray right now. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not rapture ready. I have concern that if Jesus were to come back at this very moment, if I were to die and I were to stand before that great white throne, I'm not sure that I would make it into heaven. With every head bowed, every eye closed all across this room, if you say, Pastor, I want you to include me in your prayer. I want to be ready. I want to know that my sins are forgiven and that I have been saved. I want to know that my hope is in heaven. If you're here and you say, Pastor, would you include me in your prayer? Would you just lift up your hand so I know who I'm praying for? 
Yeah, I see that. I see that. I see that. I see that. I see it. So, so many, so many. So can we all just lift our hands right now? And I want you to pray with me right now, right out loud. Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I've sinned. Wash me, Jesus. Cleanse me in your blood. Make me brand new. I give myself to you. I believe you came to this earth. You died for my sin. You rose from the dead. And you're coming back soon. Help me be ready. I want, I want to serve you. I ask you to use me. Live your life through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to do just one more thing before we close. And, uh, and this is real special to me, okay? Um, when I got saved, my, uh, I don't know why I'm getting stirred up about this. My spiritual father wrote a blessing that he would read over, uh, read over us every, every single Sunday. And, uh, and I, we asked, we sought it out actually. And I got the blessing that he used to read. And I remember my wife, she, she reminded me, she's like, you know, I just, I would feel so safe when pastor Steve would pray that over us over the week. And, uh, and so I want to pray this and declare this over you. And uh, if you like it, maybe we'll begin doing it. But would you just lift your hands one more time as I release the blessing of God over you. Today, I speak the blessing of God over you in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Abraham was blessed in every way, may God bless you in every detail of your life. As God blessed Jacob, changing his name to Israel. May your name, Christian, cause you to be fruitful and multiply in all that you set your hands to do. When you are tempted and tried, may you come forth victoriously, just as Job, resulting as twice as, as much as you had before. As you raise your children in the admonition of the Lord, may they in turn grow up godly, bringing honor to your family name. When you honor God with your tithe, may financial and material blessings run you down and overtake you in every area of your life. May the devourer be rebuked and annihilated while others rise up and call you blessed. As you wait upon the Lord, obey his word and seek him above all else. May the blessing of strength, courage, protection, and favor be your reward. May the Lord watch over and guard your going out and your coming in. King's Chapel. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his light upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you peace. I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful week.